The Productive Woman, Episode 328. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman, the very first episode of a new year. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. Happy New Year. This week we are talking about a few things we can do now to start the new year off well. You'll find more information and links to some resources that I mentioned all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 328. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Get ahead of your productivity for the new year with the power of Text Expander. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. So take back your time in this new year and increase your productivity with Text Expander. And I'm excited, as always, to have Text Expander as a sponsor this coming year. You know, if you've listened very long, that Text Expander is one of my very favorite productivity tools and has been since long before they ever became a sponsor of the Productive Woman podcast. And they are offering Productive Woman listeners 20% off their first year of this really valuable tool. You can learn more by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about how it works, how it can work for you and make your, your time more productive. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. And be sure to let them know that the Productive Woman sent you. All right, let's get into this week's um, topic. I am happy to be back for another year. Happy New Year. If you have listened to The Productive Woman for very long, you know that I like to use milestone dates as triggers for a little reflection and maybe for setting up new actions, doing a little bit of a reset. One of those milestone dates for me is the beginning of a new year. Now, I, I will you know, preface all this by saying, of course, there's nothing inherently special about that new year, beginning a new year. But for me, that feeling of a fresh start encourages me to do certain things to sort of reset my attitudes, my actions, my habits, and think about how I can move forward into the coming weeks and months in a more productive way. So I thought what I would do this week is share with you some things we can do now and some habits to consider instituting or strengthening in our lives to make this an even more productive year as we go forward. So first of all, five things that I would encourage you to consider doing right now 
even this week to get this year off to a great start. And a lot of these are things that we've talked about before, but it's a great time to remember them and maybe take some action. So the first thing I would encourage you to do this week, maybe even today, start working on it today, and that is to change your passwords on your important online accounts. It's very, very important to have for each important account a strong and unique password. That is a different password for each important account. If you're still using the same password for all your accounts, I encourage you to to rethink that approach. Uh, Hackers get more and more creative every year and uh, more determined to get into your stuff. And all the experts in cybersecurity recommend having a different password for each important account. So a different password for your bank account, for your email, for your medical, you know, if, if your doctor is like mine, they have an online portal that you can use to access your records and that sort of thing. Different passwords for each you know, store that you have an account with and that sort of thing. And they should be strong passwords, not a dictionary word, for instance, not a short password. According to the FBI in an article from early last year, they're recommending that you use Uh, that we consider using passphrases instead of passwords. Longer is better. That is a phrase, a longer phrase that you can remember, but will be hard for hackers to figure out. And by passphrases, they talk about combining multiple words into a long string of at least 15 characters. Consider that. So, you know, it can be a phrase. I'll link to a couple articles that give some suggestions about what kind of passphrases you can come up with. It can be a a phrase from a, a poem that you like, or I don't know, a Bible verse or a line from a movie that you like. Any kind of long phrase, they can be short words, but combined into a phrase that you can remember, uh, but has at least 15 characters, if not more. Uh, another article I read reminds us that and I'm quoting from the article here, your email password needs to be particularly strong as hackers can use your email to change the passwords for other accounts linked to your email address. As you know, when we sign up for an account, uh, an online account, whether it's, you know, Amazon or, or your bank or whatever, you know, a, a department store that you're ordering something from, you sign in with your email address usually, and then a password. If your email password itself is not strong enough and the hackers can get at that, they can use your email then. They can log into your email account and use that to change your passwords on any accounts you've linked to that email address. And that can be a huge crisis for you. So I encourage you to consider right now, you know, after you're done listening to this, obviously, but set aside some time to go through and change your accounts on those, um, those important or your passwords on those important accounts. And now I get it that, uh, long, complex and unique passwords. If you have a different password for every uh, account that you have online, those can be hard to remember. Most of us can't remember them, especially if we make them really good, strong ones. So start using a password manager if you're not doing so already. 
I use LastPass. It's a, I think I use the free version or no, I, I guess I use the, the, their their premium version, but is only a few dollars a year. And it's well worth it. A password manager is something that not only can store your passwords for you so that you don't have to remember them, but can also kind of automatically uh, log you in if you've, you've kind of hooked it into your browser so that when you go to a, a website that you have a password for, it just automatically can log you in in a secure way. And it can suggest strong passwords as well. So anytime you go to set up an account uh, at a new online resource, it will offer to suggest a strong password for you. And you can customize that, how many characters you want, whether you want it to be easy to remember, or if you, you know, some websites require you to have one capital letter and one number and one other special character and you can tell it what what the parameters are for the password that you want, it will suggest it and then it will save it for you. So definitely consider a password manager. As I said, I, I've used LastPass for years. There are other really good ones. 1Password is another uh, very popular one and, and very good. Dashlane is another. So consider doing that right away. Change your passwords. And if you're not using a password manager, get, get set up for one. Now we'll put links in the show notes for a couple of them that you can check out. Second thing I would encourage you to consider doing now in the first couple of weeks of the new year is to take a few minutes to schedule your annual medical, dental, and eye care appointments. I've said before, I try to schedule all of those things to happen in the month that my birthday falls, just so that I can remember. Um, That's in May, but I try to make those appointments soon after the first of the year, if I haven't, if I didn't already make the appointment, you know, when I was in last time doing it now can get it on your calendar and scheduling it well in advance means it's more likely that you'll get an appointment at a time that's convenient for you. So go ahead and, and look those up, put them on your calendar. Um, little sort of pro tip when I make my appointments, I, Uh, I put them in my digital calendar and I, in the appointment itself, I put the address where, where my doctor office or my eye doctor, my dentist, whatever, where it is and the phone number. So it's right there in the appointment so that if for some reason I need to call to reschedule, I don't have to go look it up the number and then call to reschedule. It's right there in the calendar itself. So do, do consider doing that now. I wanted to make a note. I thought this was so interesting and I'll put links to these articles in the show notes. I have, as, as you may have as well, always grown up with the idea that you're supposed to go get a, a medical checkup, a physical every year. And some of us that came from when we were in school, we were, we always had to go every year, you know, before school and uh, before the school year started or early on to get a physical and get our immunizations and things like that. And so it just became a routine to have a, a, a physical every year, a well woman check uh, as they call it sometimes, uh, these days. Well, as I was researching a couple of things for this episode, I came across several sources in recent articles that are citing studies 
and experts who question the value of an annual physical exam for healthy adults with no symptoms. They talk about uh, the expense of it, the way it, uh, as they said, it it takes up uh, doctor's time that isn't then available to take care of sick people. And they also say that these studies are showing little evidence that annual physical exams for healthy people result in better health or longer lives. So like I said, I'll, I'll link to those articles in the show notes. You might want to check those out. I thought that was interesting. They do say as, you know, as you're older and certainly if you have various conditions or, or symptoms of various kinds that you should go ahead and schedule those appointments, that there's some value in it for those who are say 65 and over to have regular physical checkups with their doctor. But I would say talk with your doctor about what's the right schedule for you and then get the appropriate appointments on your calendar now as the year is starting so that that's one thing checked off your list. It's already there. Set an alert for it so it reminds you the day before or, or you know, whatever works for you. And then you've got that done and you're taking care of your health uh, and, and done something a little nice for yourself. The third thing I would recommend that we all do right now is spend a little time in these first weeks of the new year paying attention to paper. And what I mean by that is twofold. It's a great time now to start gathering all the records and receipts and things you're going to need to get your taxes done rather than waiting until just before taxes have to be done or you have to get it to your accountant or or however you get you do your taxes each year, go ahead and get started now. If you don't have a system set up for the previous year so that everything's all ready in one place, start gathering those things now, looking in your uh, digital records and your paper records to gather the information and documents that you're going to need to get your taxes done. But the other thing we can do now, as far as paying attention to paper, and I've been thinking about this just personally, is take a few minutes to set up either folders or binders for important papers that will come in this year. And by important papers, I'm saying maybe you need a folder or a binder for medical records, uh, for business receipts, for school papers, important school papers for yourself or your children, Um, you know, anything like that. What are the important papers that might come into your life, uh, into your home that you might need to gather and have access to throughout the year. Set that up now. If you like folders, do that. If you prefer binders, do that. Um, Check out Lisa Woodruff's book. She was our guest on uh, episode 308, where we talked about her book that came out last year, The The Paper Solution. Uh, She has some great suggestions on what to keep and how to keep it. She recommends binders instead of a file cabinet. Uh, partly because binders are more portable. So if there's a a situation where you need to take records with you, say you've got 
Um, you or a family member that you're caring for has a chronic condition, needs to see doctors regularly. If you have the information in a binder, you can grab it and take it with you to appointments, for instance. But in any event, check out that book. We'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. Uh, Lots of really good ideas there in terms of what we need to be keeping, what we don't need to keep, and ways to organize it so that it's useful to you, readily accessible throughout the year as you you need it. So do that, uh, paying attention to paper. The fourth thing I'd recommend, or I'm, I'm suggesting to yourself and or to you and to myself, is to spend a little time these first weeks of the year designing a self-care routine. Include things like setting yourself up for getting adequate sleep. This is something I've been thinking about a lot because I don't always sleep very well. And so I've been doing some research into what does it take to get adequate amounts of quality sleep. And it's things like setting a regular bedtime, uh, uh, developing a wind down routine, uh, avoiding screens in the last hours of the day, those sorts of things. But build that into your self-care routine to get enough sleep. A lot of us don't get enough sleep and it certainly affects our, our productivity physically and our, just our mental state. So I encourage you to think of ways to consider that part of your self-care routine. Uh, Beyond that, what makes you feel strong and calm and cared for? All those things will help you be more productive in all the senses that we talk about it on this podcast in terms of being able to get the things done that are important to you, making a, a life that matters when we feel strong, when we feel calm, when we feel cared for, we are more able to do the things that are important to us. So think about what sorts of things give you those feelings of, of strength, of calmness, of, of being cherished and cared for and make time for that. Design a routine that makes sense for you. It can be a few minutes each day or an hour each week for a spa, you know, an at-home spa day, whatever it is that is important to you to get your days off well or end your days well. Uh, Maybe it's a morning routine where you sit down with a cup of tea and, and an inspirational book. Maybe it's an evening routine where you, you know, take a bath with candles or, Uh, maybe it's something that involves people you care about and spending time with them, whatever it is that helps you feel strong and calm and cared for build a routine around that. Uh, One thing that idea that I saw on something I was watching this past week, actually, that I thought was such a cool idea. And that is to create a special, I'm going to call it a special retreat area for yourself, a, a shelter, a a, um, a place where you can go to relax, where you feel kind of quiet and peaceful. Maybe it's a place to do yoga, or maybe it's a place to meditate, or maybe it's just a place to sit with a cup of coffee and a good book. If you can set aside a room that's kind of a, a sanctuary for you, that's great. But even just a comfortable chair in a a quiet corner with a good lamp, maybe a soft throw blanket to throw, you know, to 
cuddle up under, um, maybe a couple of pretty decor items or a framed quote that inspires you. But think about doing that. That's something that uh, that's kind of on my list to do in these first weeks uh, of the new year, to set up a space like that where I can go as part of my self-care routine to sit there and ponder and, and maybe read and, and just enjoy myself. So that was number four. And finally, the fifth thing that I would encourage you to do, and I'm going to do this myself as well, and that is schedule something to look forward to. Um, you know, we want to be present. We want to be in the, in the moment uh, day by day. But it's also fun and and motivating to have something to look forward to. And what that might be for you is is going to be very personal. Maybe you want to schedule a vacation. Maybe you want to schedule a personal retreat. Maybe you want to schedule attendance at a conference, either in person or online, to sharpen your professional skills. Or maybe it's a get together with friends or a family reunion or, you know, just whatever. Think of something that you want to do either personally, professionally, something that you can really look forward to. Look at your calendar now and and get, get it on the calendar for when you want to do it. That gives you something to look forward to as we go through the, uh, here in the Northern Hemisphere, through the winter, and it can keep us motivated and moving forward. So those are five things that I would encourage you to do, things that I'm going to be doing change your passwords, schedule your annual medical, dental, and eye care appointments, pay attention, spend a little time paying attention to paper, design a self-care routine that works for you. And it doesn't have to be something big and elaborate, just something that um, makes you feel a little uh, special. And finally, schedule something to look forward to for later in the year. In addition to five things that we can do now, I wanted to talk about six habits to establish or to think about establishing or strengthening. Let me start by saying these are six things that I thought about that could really help us with setting ourselves up for a productive year, but I'm not suggesting you should try to implement all of them all at once. Choose one or two to start with, whether it's one of these six or something else that uh, you want to build into your life. And once that one or two becomes truly habitual, you do it without having to think about doing it, then you can add another one. And so six habits to consider implementing in your life if they're not already habits of yours. Number one is to make your bed every morning. This has so many benefits. It's, it's, it seems like a little thing, but there's all kinds of literature out there about how it contributes to a productive day. It makes the room immediately seem tidier. It gives a small sense of accomplishment and control over your environment that can set the tone for the rest of the day. And so really consider implementing that as a habit if you haven't already. It doesn't have to be fancy linens on the bed. It doesn't just tidy it up. If you can set aside a few dollars to make the bed and maybe your bedside table's pretty, all the better, but at least tidy things up, straighten out the the blankets and the pillows and all that sort of thing. It's a great way to start the day off strong. 
second habit to consider establishing is one I, I kind of, I heard about this from Amy Landino, who's a former guest on the podcast. Uh, she has a, a great video called 21 Healthy Habits to Start in 2021. And I will have the link for that in the show notes because there's lots of good ideas there if you're, you know, kind of giving some thought to uh, setting up new habits for yourself this year. But one that really caught my attention that I thought was such a good idea that she talked about was to start an accomplishment log. And this is just a place in a notebook or wherever you want to keep track of it, but keeping track of the things you accomplish, both large and small. This can be really important professionally rather than waiting until your annual performance review, start right away keeping track, not of the tasks that you do, but of what you achieve, the results that you achieve, keeping a record of that. Um, because we are, um, you know, we're pretty good at seeing where we fall short in, in life, but less, uh, less good at giving ourselves credit. So whether professionally or personally, I think personally, it's important to have a record of accomplishments perhaps consider each day writing down the things you achieved. And they can be, as I said, small things. You, you got all the laundry done and put away or, or, you know, you, you made a difficult phone call, whatever it is, give yourself credit for those things and keep a record of them so that you can go back and look at it and remind yourself, Hey, you know, I've, I've done these things this year so far. When you're facing something that seems challenging, it's great to have a record of the, the things you've accomplished, both large things and small things to remind yourself that you can do things that you set out to do. So consider starting an accomplishment log in this new year. And a third thing I will say, I, I harp on this maybe, I, I wouldn't say I harp on it, but this comes up pretty often. And if you're not already doing it, I encourage you to consider also starting a gratitude journal. Uh, if you already have a gratitude journal and maybe you kind of lapsed and haven't been consistent about adding to it, put that habit back into practice of writing down every day two or three things at least that you're grateful for. And they can be big things like, you know, you, you recovered from COVID or uh, small things like you got a parking place in a convenient spot when you were out running errands. Whatever it is, look for things to be grateful for and write them down. Just like the accomplishment log, sometimes when we're down or when things aren't going well, it's hard to remember you know, the good things. And so having a record of it and that habit of writing it down every day can make a huge difference. It gives us a resource to go back to, to remind ourselves of the good things in our lives. Uh, the fourth thing, uh, fourth habit I would encourage you to consider is a daily walk. This has huge impacts on our health and our productivity uh, one article that I read said that regular brisk walking can help you maintain a healthy weight, prevent or manage various conditions, including heart disease, 
high blood pressure and type two diabetes. It can strengthen your bones and muscles, which for us as women is important as, especially as we get older. It can also a daily walk, regular brisk walking can improve your mood and improve your balance and coordination. So those are just a few things that can be uh, added to our life by simply going for a walk each day. If you can get outside and get some fresh air, all the better, even better for your mood and for your health. But if the weather or your location that isn't conducive to that, uh, maybe you can get on a treadmill. I have a tendency to, to gravitate towards the treadmill that we have here at home. But finding some time to to get out and go for a walk is can be really important for a whole host of reasons. And I encourage you to consider establishing that as a habit. And take someone with you, one of your kids or your spouse, or meet a friend at a park and go for a walk. But get either out there or onto a treadmill, move your body for all the benefits that will come from that. Uh, the fifth habit... I would encourage you to implement if you don't already have this habit is drinking enough water. So what does this have to do with productivity? Studies show that even mild dehydration can have negative effects on our cognitive abilities like short-term memory and math ability. Uh, it can also result in fatigue. It can uh, impair our emotional equilibrium our energy levels, our stress, and our overall mood. Having enough water is important for all those things. Obviously, our bodies are, uh, you know, a high percentage of water, and you can become mildly dehydrated even if you're not exerting yourself physically. Simply sitting at your desk working, if you're not taking in enough water, uh, you you can become dehydrated and it will have effects on your ability to concentrate, your mood, all of these things. So start a habit of drinking a large glass of water first thing in the morning. I have a, a kind of a big mason jar that I put some lemon juice in and then fill it up with ice and water. And I, it's probably 20 some ounces. And I try to drink that within the first hour that I'm awake. And then I have, you know, I drink other water throughout the day, but we do lose a fair amount of water out of our bodies overnight while we're sleeping. And so it's important to rehydrate first thing in the morning and then continue throughout the day. Maybe buy yourself a large water bottle and fill it in the morning, keep it with you and, and make sure you drink it all. Uh, talk with your doctor about what's the appropriate amount of water for, for your body size and, and type, but establish that habit now. Tie it to other things you do. Like I said, first thing in the morning, uh, maybe before each meal, set a timer on your, on your phone to remind you to drink eight ounces of water every hour or something like that. But establish that habit now, uh, or reestablish it if, uh, if you used to do it and, and haven't been doing it recently. And then finally, number six, a habit I would encourage all of us to implement if we don't already do this. And that has to do with focusing our day by making a list each evening of no more than three things that you will want to accomplish the next day. 
Now, you probably have lots more than three things to get done in any given day, and you should certainly write those things down. But the point of this habit is to give some thought ahead of time to what's most important, what will make the biggest difference in how you feel about the day. Um, rather than letting yourself be overwhelmed by all the things that you need to do in a given day, take a few minutes at the end of the day to look ahead to the next day, identify those MITs, those most important tasks and write them down. Plan to focus first on those. Make a decision ahead of time intentionally about those two, no more than three things that are going to be your primary focus that the next day. Uh, if you cross those off and you have more time and energy, then sure, do some more things. But I, I encourage you to start this habit of sitting down in the evening, looking ahead to the next day, figuring out what are the two or three things that will make the biggest difference. Write those down. Uh, and make a decision about which one you'll start with in the morning. You know, obviously we, we have to be flexible if we've got kids at home or other things come up, but we can certainly, um, give some forethought to what is most important for the next day, write it down and then be prepared to take that action. So those are the six habits I would encourage you to consider establishing, as I said, Don't try to do everything at once, whether it's these six or something else, just choose one, maybe two new habits to start with. Once they're really ingrained into your daily routine, then you can start adding some others, but make your bed every morning, start an accomplishment log, start or add to your daily gratitude journal, take a walk each day, drink enough water and focus your day by making that list Uh, each evening of no more than three things you'll want to accomplish the next day. Turning the calendar from one month to the next or from, from one year to the next doesn't actually have any intrinsic meaning, but it can be a great time to do a little bit of a reset. Think about what can make a difference in how you feel and how productive you are. And then take a few actions now that will set you up for improved productivity in the weeks and months to come. And these are a few of my thoughts, but I'd love to know what do you think? What things do you do at the beginning of a new year to set things in motion for productivity? You can share those uh, with me and I'd love to hear from you either in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 328 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I'm always happy to hear from you. You can email your thoughts about kicking off a new year strong to me, uh, at feedback at the productive And I'd love to hear from you. As we go into this new year, I would love it if you would help me spread the word about the productive woman podcast and about the community that has grown up around it. Uh, if you find value in this, maybe you could share it with a friend. Uh, remember that each 
episode has its own show notes, uh, kind of looks like a blog post. If you haven't checked those out before, that's where you'll find links to the resources I mentioned and kind of a summary of the things we talked about. But you'll also find some social sharing buttons that will allow you to share a link to that, that uh, episode on Facebook or on Twitter or some of these other things. And so feel free to do that. Uh, or, and if you've never left a, a review in Apple podcasts or another podcast, you know, source, consider doing that this year. It, sometimes people, when they're looking for something to listen to, may check out those reviews and, and decide to give something a try. And so you can leave a review by going to the productive slash iTunes. It should take you right to the place in Apple podcasts where you can do that. I want to say a quick thank you to Deborah D from the United States who recently left a really nice five-star rating and a, a nice review of the podcast. She says, I love this podcast. Laura makes me feel respected as a listener as each podcast is well-researched and mindfully planned out. I know I will learn so much in a short amount of time from each episode, which makes me more productive. Thank you for all your hard work in making this a great experience for your listeners. Well, thank you, Deborah D. Um, that means a lot to me to, to hear that. I, I never take for granted the fact that you are taking time to, to listen to me, to engage with me uh, and listen to the podcast. And I really do try very hard to make it worth your while. So uh, it was nice to hear from Deborah D about that. Um, remember if uh, you have not yet tried text expander, our sponsor for this episode, definitely check that out. It's such a useful tool. You can find some of their tutorials and, and things like that, as well as sign up and get 20% off your first year by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. So be sure to check that out. And thank you so much to Text Expander for their longtime support of the Productive Woman podcast. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I do hope that you feel like it was worth your time. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. I, I'm excited about some of the things we have coming up in this year. Uh, and so keep an ear open for it. And until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>